And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys once again for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Your only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. We're here for you, the fans. And you know, especially after tough losses like the one we just saw to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a safe space, Raptors fans. We can talk and discuss what went wrong. And you know, you can find this podcast live. We're streaming on YouTube. We're streaming on Twitter. We're streaming on Instagram live. And there's a chat there as well on Twitter. All of those places, send in your comments. If you happen to be watching on you on uh, Instagram right now, go to the link in bio and you'll be able to find the YouTube feed. You can get all the comments there and get everything you need to still have the conversation that you want to have about this game that the Toronto Raptors just lost. Raptors lose, Raptors lose, Raptors lose. 115 to 108. Tough one for the Toronto Raptors, but you know what? At the end of the day, they... And the reality is, I know normally we're not about moral victories. It's not the game we want to play here at all, right? But seeing where this team is right now, the reality is where you're at and where the Milwaukee Bucks are at are two completely different places. And so the reality has to kick in that, hey, keep the game close, give yourself a chance to win late. And that's what the Raptors tried to do in this game. They they did everything they could to keep the game close and they just couldn't, they didn't have enough in the tank. We've seen this story time and time again this season. The Raptors just didn't have enough late. Kyle tried to pace himself and save himself for late in the game, and it just wasn't enough. It just did not work out this time for your Toronto Raptors because, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bucks' star power. You could say whatever you want about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He misses a lot of free throws. He doesn't show up late. All that stuff is fine and dandy. But my guy finishes with 24 points, 18 rebounds, and 9 assists. And you can see how the Bucks are designed this season as opposed to prior seasons when we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks. Because let's be honest too, I'm going to be serious. Every time I see the Bucks and Raptors, I think back to the conference finals. It's probably going to be like that for a long time. But that's just where my head's at anytime I see these two teams square up. And that didn't change today at all. So... Again, the Raptors fall. Giannis just went beast mode. At the end of the day, it was Norm Powell only for the Toronto Raptors until very late. But let's go through what happens. And again, wherever you're watching this podcast, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, send in your comments and questions. Let me know how you're feeling. I'm going to go through and read the comments a little later. But as always, first, we start off with, you know, just a little bit of what's going on, what happened in the game first off, you know? We'll go through that and discuss just what went wrong for the Raptors. Because the first quarter, Raptors were off to a great start shooting the ball. And, you know, the one thing that's weird to me, and it's funny, because at work, we we were talking about this today in the newsroom. I said to the guys, I was like, wait a second. Why is it that every single game, Aaron Baines, one of the Raptors' first one or two shots is an Aaron Baines wide open three that he most likely misses. But even if he makes it, All that means is he's just missing the next two or three. And lo and behold, what did we see tonight? As soon as the game starts, there's your Aaron Baines three. 
and it's just it set the tone for what we were gonna see from Aaron Baines for the rest of the game. I'll I'll get to that later, but I don't get it. Either way, Kyle Lowry came right back down the floor, and some good news for the Raptors, a positive sign, you could say, for your Toronto Raptors. As Kyle Lowry hits a three, your typical Kyle Lowry in transition three, and it gives him his 10,000th point as a Toronto Raptor. Third on the all-time list behind Chris Bosh and DeMar DeRozan, but of course, we know Kyle Lowry at this point, because he's got the ring, the rings and things, you sing a belt, bring a melt. He is the GOAT Raptor. So Kyle Lowry, a nice achievement there. 10,000 points as a Raptor. That's a big deal. Definitely. So that was pretty cool to see. But early on in this game, it was a three-point shooting contest. Raptors started out four or five from beyond the arc. Baines was very active early. And this was a part that made it confusing for me. Aaron Baines, when they run the pick and roll and he rolls to the basket, Aaron Baines was finishing nicely at the rim, whether he was dunking he was laying it in and so I didn't understand why then all of a sudden he'd go back to pick and pop and sit at the three-point line and his shot looks like he's doing shot put like it's not a it's not a nice looking shot at all and I know he might have streaks where it goes in but at the end of the day and I say this all the time because if I'm going to say this about Pascal the same thing for damn sure stands for Aaron Baines There's a difference between you being able to shoot threes and you being a good three-point shooter. That, to me, is the biggest issue right now in the NBA where everyone's just running up and down and jacking up threes. But under no circumstances should Aaron Baines be attempting seven three-pointers in an NBA game. What's the purpose of that? My guy went one of seven. Maybe after you're one of four, chill out. Save some in the tuck for next game. Just my opinion could be wrong don't want to sound like the old man on the lawn yelling get off my lawn about where the game's going and this jacking up threes but I need someone to explain to me why Aaron Baines is going one for seven from three-point land I don't get it at all so that's the first issue with the Toronto Raptors early on the second issue was Giannis and Middleton just beasting early they were going straight to the cup and it opened up the three-point game but combined early on, those guys of the Bucks' first 26 points, 16 of those points were scored by Giannis and Middleton. And they were just getting whatever they wanted. The Raptors, on the other hand, it was Norman Powell. Norm was the one keeping the game in check. Norm was the one keeping things close. And, you know, he was perfect from the floor. He started off including two threes. And I like the way that he was mixing it up. He was taking it to the cup. He was taking the three-pointers when they were there. But... Three straight games, Norm was coming in with 20 or more points. And he was well on his way with a quick 10 to start this game. And the game was tied 33-all at the end of the first quarter. Raptors were shooting 59% from the floor and 54.5% from three. You know that's not sustainable, right? Like, that's an insane start for the Raptors. A great start, and you take it, obviously, But some things would need to change if you were to, in fact, win this game. For you to shoot that percentage and still only be a tie game, it was kind of tough. So as we move into the second quarter, right? Theme of the second quarter was the crazy Bucks run to close out the half. But before that, we saw some interesting Paul Watson minutes, which I thought were a little weird. But it kind of just goes along with the theme of what Nick Nurse has been doing this season. In which he's giving a lot of people on the bench chances. And 
We see the Paul Watson minutes early. It didn't go well. He picked up two quick fouls. But someone from the bench who's been struggling or has been very inconsistent is Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis, though, early on was very good. And there's a huge difference, I think. We've seen this theme going back even to the DeMar years. But Kyle Lowry in the bench. And Kyle Lowry with the bench on this Raptors team bench is so important. But early on, you saw Kyle directing traffic, almost like telling them what plays to run on the floor. It was very interesting, but Terrence Davis comes off the bench back-to-back threes. That was huge because the Raptors needed the scoring. Meanwhile, on the defensive end, they were doing it in part because how else would you expect Kyle Lowry taking charges? How often have we seen that before from Kyle Lowry stepping in, taking charges, and he might take one or two charges a game, but he might attempt to take at least four charges in a game. Kyle is all over the place, and that's just what your your norm you've become accustomed to seeing from Kyle Lowry night in and night out. But the Raps were in trouble in late in that second quarter because there was a three-minute scoring drought in which at one point they missed six shots in a row and were shooting just 26% in the quarter. 26%. Remember, they shot 59% in the first half and then late into that second quarter, sorry, 59% from the floor in the first quarter, pardon me, and then 26% late into that second quarter. Meanwhile, the Bucks started to really get going, and they closed out that second quarter and the first half, in fact, on a 21-7 run, including Middleton hitting an off, like, Middleton, it's interesting when you watch the Bucks because it's not Giannis down the stretch. It's Middleton or it's Drew Holiday, and getting Drew Holiday adds a lot more confidence to Middleton because he's just another guy who can get the buckets, right? He's another guy who can create a play. It's different than when that spot was Eric Bledsoe. We saw last year how much that team missed Malcolm Brogdon and what he meant to that squad. In terms of another playmaker, they didn't really have it because of the inconsistency of Eric Bledsoe. But now with Drew Holiday, it's there. And that allows Middleton to puff out his chest a little more. We saw that tonight. I mean, as they started to get going, Middleton and Norm were chirping each other. Norm hit a three to cut it to one. But again, that run for the Bucks was just crazy. The Raptors missed a shot, or sorry, the Bucks missed a shot. Middleton gets the offensive rebound. The Bucks swing it around. Middleton hits a shot at the end of the half. That put the Bucks up 63 to 54. And to close that first half, this was just telling you how in control the Bucks were. There are 10 offensive rebounds the Bucks accumulated. That led to 16 points for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's just getting off the on the glass. That's just hustle. And the Raptors, especially with Giannis, but when they're playing Giannis and Lopez, that's going to be tough for Chris Boucher, Wantanabe, those guys to really step in there and rebound. That's why Aaron Baines is so important that you hope that you can play him more because he's a big body against certain teams, especially when you're talking, again, a front line of Lopez, a legitimate center, but then Giannis, who's just a freak. Third quarter third quarter. Raps come out nicely. 8-1 to one run to start the, the quarter. Again, it's Norman Powell. It's the same theme. Norman Powell was the only Toronto Raptor that had it going consistently in this game. Aaron Baines, again, one for seven. My guy is shooting threes and I don't get it. He got the quick hook. Chris Boucher came in, but he wasn't much better. 
And it's been a tough run for Chris Boucher as of late, but a tough run for the Raptors centers. It just wasn't a good look for those two at all. They were struggling just it, it they were struggling shooting threes. Then it looked like they were forcing threes. Boucher, we know, isn't shy, so he's going to continue shooting, but it just wasn't going for him as well. A tough night for the Raptors centers, minus the fact that when you saw Aaron Baines on the pick and roll, he finished strong at the rim all the time, and that's what I don't understand. I didn't understand why they don't run that more and why he doesn't drive to the basket more on the pick and rolls, or at least, you know, at this point when the Bucks are selling out for the three-point line, it was just really tough to watch the Raptors centers tonight. It was a tough, it was a tough play. But the Bucks answered the Raptors run with a run of their own. DJ Augustine's hitting three. Middleton went back-to-back threes. And all of a sudden we're looking at a 10-point lead. Norm is doing all he can to keep the Raptors in it as he again eclipsed the 20-point mark in five of his last seven games. And Norm after three quarters, was at 23 points on seven of nine shooting. Again, 23 points on seven of nine shooting. But here's the thing. For some reason, at the end of three quarters, despite the fact that Norm is cooking with 23 points on seven of nine shooting, Aaron Baines led the Raptors in shot attempts with 11? Somebody needs to make that make sense to me. I just don't get it. How does that happen? Of all the people... On the Raptors team, it wasn't Kyle Lowry, it wasn't Pascal Siakam, it wasn't Fred Van Fleet, it wasn't OG, who I didn't mention didn't play in this game because he's hurt, but it was Aaron Baines after three quarters leading the Toronto Raptors in shot attempts with 11. That can't happen. And of his 11 shots, seven of them were three-pointers. Again, that can't happen. Either way, end of the third, the Raptors finish strong. Freddie gets a steal, Terrence Davis the other way. He gets an and one, but misses the free throw. So the Raptors were almost tied after three quarters, and that gave them a sign of hope. There was hope there, right? You're down 83-82 heading into the fourth quarter, and the Raptors end up taking the lead as they went on an 11-0 run of their own. And it's just weird because you're looking at this game and I kept looking up and thinking, how are they in this game? I don't really understand how they were in this game, but they were. They found a way to get it done. They found a way to keep it close. But again, Norm carrying the load as he, at, at one point, so Norman Powell again finished with a season high 26 points, right? He had that early in that fourth quarter. But at that point, or sorry, I guess it was after three, but Norm hits a three, gives him the season high. Freddie and Kyle started this game 5 of 21 from the floor. When your backcourt is doing that and OG's not in the lineup, so you need scoring from somewhere, the start from Kyle and Fred, not a good look. As mentioned, Kyle would turn it on eventually, but Fred Van Vliet, 3 of 17 in this game, 2 of 11 from 3, 10 points, 10 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks for Freddie. So it's the same thing of these Raptors guys that we've seen come through the system. If the shot's not falling, can you contribute in other ways? You saw that from Freddie. 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, 3 blocks. That's incredible. But the 3 of 17, 2 of 11 from 3, that's not going to do it. Especially against the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that if you're going to beat them, if you're going to win... You need to shoot a high percentage if you're going to beat that team. 
So I look at it and I think if you're trying to be the Toronto Raptors, you got to come up with something other than just shooting the three because you got to go to the basket at some point. The Raptors didn't shoot a free throw again in the fourth quarter and that's just because of the style of play. They're relying on threes. This isn't about the referees. It isn't about that. As you can watch how they play, everything is just my turn, your turn, and they pass it around, and then someone shoots a three. That's it. The Raptors just didn't have it late. Kyle Lowry tried. He tried to step up. He tried to give them something, but it just wasn't enough at all. And after the bad start for Kyle, he turned things around, but by that time, Middleton had it going, Giannis, as mentioned, had it going, even Drew Holiday, who struggled for the majority of the game, he was just 3 of 14 in this game, but he hit a big shot late, but again, we'll go back to Chris Middleton, who had 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists in this game, Brooke Lopez, as I look at this stat sheet, 20 points and 7 rebounds, I miss Brooke Lopez's 20 points, don't know where that came from, I have no idea. Much like, I, I'm sorry, I bypassed what really happened and what really changed the game in that fourth quarter because it was it was interesting. It was very interesting. But I think what changed that entire fourth quarter, that again, the game was tied going, or sorry, wraps were down one heading into the fourth quarter, was a huge swing by Dante DiVincenzo. So he gets out on the break first and throws down a massive dunk on Watanabe. Like, those are the dunks where I miss court cuts. My guy, you can tell that dude didn't have the scouting report on Dante DiVincenzo, that my guy has hops, he can get up there. Because he came on the late contest, and when you do that against someone that has hops, you're going to end up on their poster. And Dante threw that down, the Bucks bench was going wild. Then on the very next play, there's a steal, and Dante takes it the other way, he gets fouled hard by Kyle Lowry, right? Kyle Lowry goes to swipe for the ball, but he swipes, misses the ball completely, hits Dante in the face. It is a flagrant foul, but that's a huge, huge swing for the Raptors because that means two shots and the ball. So again, a huge dunk on, then you get fouled, so it's two free throws, he hits both free throws, and they get the ball, and what happened on that possession? Well, Forbes hits a three. That's a huge, huge, huge swing for the Bucks, And really, the Raptors didn't come back after that. Like, they made it close. They made it close. Kyle was showing signs of life. He had 11 straight points at one point for the Toronto Raptors in that fourth quarter. They cut the lead. They had it down to two. At, or, sorry, they had it down to three, I think, at one point. Stanley Johnson hit a three. But then... The next possession down the floor, Stanley tried to hit the back-to-back -back threes. And I don't know if, like, you hit the first one, and I get why you shoot it. But I still probably would have preferred maybe go back to Kyle, maybe go to Freddie, maybe Siakam, who I don't really know where he was in this game. This was a weird game for Pascal. Because there were moments where I was like, where is Pascal? He isn't, I feel like I hadn't seen him in a while. But then even when he checked back in the game, is very uneventful. He finished with 11 points off 5 of 12 shooting. He did have 9 rebounds, did have 3 assists, but not really an impactful game from Pascal Siakam. And if I were to tell you that Pascal Siakam had 11 points on 5 of 12 shooting, and Aaron Baines had 11 points on 5 of 12 shooting, you'd probably think the Raptors lost that game, right? 
And that's what exactly happened. Toronto Raptors fell, and really, they fell because their offense struggled. They didn't get much from the bench today. Norman Powell was the only person scoring throughout the game, and then Kyle Lowry tried to come on late, but it just wasn't enough at all. The Bucks players were able to close, and as mentioned, it's something to pay attention to. Remember in that series against the Raptors in the conference finals, Giannis was missing a bunch of free throws. Giannis really couldn't do anything late. They didn't really know what was going on. I've noticed this in a couple other Bucks games that I've watched this season, and I noticed this in this game tonight against the Raptors. They're going through Middleton late. Giannis is maybe setting screens and rolling to the basket, but even still, with his free throw struggles, you can tell they're not really using him late at all. It's either Middleton or Holiday, and they were able to close. Middleton hit a big-time three to sort of stave off the Raptors' run, and then a holiday with a nice layup to ice it, and that was a ball game. Again, Raptors fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, one fifteen to one oh eight. Raptors fall to seven and eleven this season. Not the happy kind of seven eleven like the Beyonce song. It's a great track, by the way, but the not so good seven eleven record as the Raptors still struggling to get back to the five hundred mark. Milwaukee on the flip side improved to 11 and 6 on the season. As mentioned, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 24 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists for the Bucks. Middleton chipping in with 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists on the flip side. Norman Powell had it going for the Raps, 26 points. Kyle Lowry with 21 points, including 11 in the fourth quarter, but it just wasn't enough. So let's get to some comments because as mentioned, this podcast is about you, the viewer. And this podcast is available streaming live after each and every Toronto Raptors game on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. I take your comments and questions in all of those places. And again, if you ever miss the podcast at any point for whatever reason, just know that we're available on wherever you get your podcast afterwards, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Continue to support the movement. That is the Wrap It Up Podcast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Let's get to some comments. Uh, first comment here from Twitter. Hi, Sheldon. Happy to see you healthy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, why didn't Stanley have a chance in the first half? I'm not really sure. I think Nurse was probably just looking for an opportunity to try to see if he could get some minutes for Paul Watson, maybe. I don't know. But it was interesting because Stanley came in in the second half and gave a real boost on the defensive end. And this was a game where Stanley might have been able to do something to slow up Middleton or slow up... Uh, I mean, Holiday struggled anyways. But this was a game where he really missed OG, right? There was no OG and Middleton was kind of running free. And it had me kind of thinking back to that conference finals where Kawhi just had Middleton on clamps. And once that was going down, it made the game tough for the Milwaukee Bucks to do anything against the Toronto Raptors, if we're being honest, right? Things became a struggle. So I don't know. At the end of the day, Stanley Johnson, not many minutes, even though he's been playing well for the Raps. But Nick Nurse, as we've been seeing... He just wants to, he's been testing out his his bench. He's going to give guys an opportunity to play. And that's what happened tonight. So not a good look, but it happens. Uh, more comments here. I'll take one more from Twitter. 
um, OG would have made a big difference. Totally agree. That is very, very true. And OG and Anobi missed this game. And it's crazy how the last couple games have gone for the Raptors. We mentioned on one of the pods, or maybe it was a ball on blast pod, where we talked about how the Raptors schedule so far, you know, they've struggled, but they haven't really had injuries. They're lucky that they haven't had to deal with any of the COVID issues. So that's been pretty good for them. But you know, at some point, the injuries were going to pile up because that's just the nature of the NBA season. And that's just the nature of this NBA season because, as you know, with the schedule being as hectic as it is, it leads to injuries. It's just the nature of the situation. Let's get to some comments, though, here. I'll switch over to Instagram. Shouts to my Instagram peeps. Really appreciate you guys for sure tuning in and being back with me again. Shouts to all the people I see in the chat right now. Fly Miss says, be honest. I think that's, oh, sorry. They're having their own conversation that I'm now interrupting in as I'm trying to read the comments. I'm trying to scroll up to the beginning and see what we got here. So Fly Miss says the offensive droughts are the worst, and it happens every game now. So this was a thing where, you know, the stat early on was the Raptors continue to blow double-digit leads. And we talked about it, and the, the real issue is a lack of depth. So what happens in the NBA, right? Look at the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are a top-heavy team. They don't really have a bench. There's not much depth there. So that means that for them to win, Kyrie... KD and James Harden have to ball out night in, night out. They're struggling now because they can't do it on both ends. They can't play defense. So other teams are sticking with them and giving them fits because those guys have to get buckets and they have to play defense. So they're struggling with it. So now apply that same logic to the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, there's no one as good as Kyrie, KD, or James Harden, but apply the same principles in terms of Kyle, Fred, and Pascal being asked to score 20 a night or somewhere in and around there and play high-level defense on the other end. That's difficult to do. And they're in the situation because they don't have depth. So they might play well, they get off to a good start, but two th one of two things happens. Either you go to the bench and now the level of talent just isn't there, or when those guys are still on the floor... They're trying to pace themselves or they're tired because it takes a lot to play high-level offense and high-level defense in the NBA. It sounds crazy, but think about how many dudes are great, great, great two-way players. I hate to keep doing that, but we got a glimpse of that with Kawhi Leonard being in Toronto, right? So I hope you guys know what I'm talking about in that situation, but that's kind of why the Raptors end up having these droughts, and that's why they end up settling for threes. Like Freddie driving to the basket and getting fouled and getting you know bumps and bruises every single night, time after time after time, that's tough. That takes a toll on your body. While he has to also run around chasing the point guards, I'm not making excuses. I'm just being real that you're asking a lot from those dudes at this stage of their career. Could they possibly get to that point where they're able to do it? Maybe, but they're just not there yet. More comments. Uh, Chris Middleton look, Chris Middleton was so cool. Pascal looked weak. Pascal did struggle in this game. And Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton's game is smooth, right? Like he his shot is nice. His handle has improved over the years. And I think he's getting more confident in his role with the team. Like, yes, it's Giannis's team, but, you know, someone made this analogy 
earlier on this season in terms of, and again, no, but I'm not trying to say that these guys are Shaq and Kobe. I'm just saying the roles that they had to play. If you go back to those Lakers teams, you know, not only one thing, do I like the fact that Giannis is playing more inside? I didn't really see Giannis shooting many threes in this game or shooting long twos. A lot of his work was just strictly in the paint. So if you go back to the Shaq and Kobe, you know, comparison here, Obviously, it's not the same player. It's not the same level of talent. But if you watch what those Lakers teams did, you pound the paint with Shaq for the majority of the game. But when it's closing time, you go to Kobe because he's a better free throw shooter. And if he gets fouled, you trust that at the line more than you would trust Shaq or more than you would trust Giannis at this point. Middleton obviously is nowhere near Kobe Bryant's level of talent. But in this NBA, if you need a bucket, my guy's pretty slim. He looks pretty cool. When Kawhi Leonard's not around. <laughs> Always got to leave that part in. Looks pretty good when Kawhi Leonard's not around. But point remains. Good look for Chris Middleton. He looked really good. And whatever it is that has my guy confident, whether it's Giannis resigning, whether it's the addition of Drew Holiday, he looks really good. Pascal, I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know if it's a bit of my guys trying to figure out you know, I feel like a lot of guys right now on the Raptors are trying to figure out what their role is on the team in terms of who's getting the buckets and when. You've noticed Norm finally coming alive, but only now that he's starting. So what happens when everybody's healthy? Does Norm go back to the bench? Despite the fact he's basically been putting up 20 points a night, which is more than anyone else on the Raptors, by the way. But he's been basically putting up 20 points a night since entering the starting lineup. So what do you do with Norman Powell? Should he continue to start? Super interesting, right? Super, super interesting. If it were me, I think you got to move Norm back to the bench. You just got to do it because you're not putting Freddie or Kyle back to the bench and OG plays high-level defense. You're not moving Pascal unless you're moving Pascal to the five. But I, again, I think that's asking him to do too much at this point. So I think Norm has to figure it out and just come off the bench and give the Raptors that scoring punch. And him and Boucher just come in and give energy. But in terms of Pascal, I don't know. It's been an up and down year. He had a, a a slow start to the season. Then he came on for a bit, but now he seems to be struggling a bit yet again. And I don't really know what's going on. I feel like he's kind of limited his three-point shots, which I like, which I think is a good thing. But in terms of him getting to that 20-point mark, which, you know, I'd assume that most people think Pascal Siakam would be scoring the 20 point mark this season right but really so far this season he's not there he's not there at all he's at 18.6 he's second in team scoring but I don't know I'm not really worried about him because I think he's been doing other things he's really been getting on the glass a lot more which I like but if people had in mind that he was going to be scoring in that 25 points per game margin I don't really think that's realistic let's get to more some more comments Baines was okay, but I don't like him shooting threes. Another comment here from Glow Girl Smile. She says, I cringe when Baines shoot threes. I think that's because of how ugly his form is. His form is terrible. Like, it's it's really, really bad. And, you know, it's one thing to be missing a whole bunch of threes, but it's another thing to be missing threes and having your form look very very trash and that's kind of where Aaron Baines is right now and that's not a good look if you're the Toronto Raptors so the the 
the spot of the center position has been super weird. And obviously, you know, we're in a position where they got rid of Alex Len, which I get and I totally understand. But the Raps need something there. They got to figure something out because as of right now, it is just not working for the Toronto Raptors. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I like Boucher still coming off the bench because I think the energy that he provides, you're trying to extend the game, right? So no matter what, you have to play Baines and Boucher, right? No matter what. So if you have to play them both, why not start Baines and then have Boucher come off the bench? That to me makes the most sense because you then extend the minutes. And again, it's not as important who's starting the game. What's more important is who's finishing the game. And most often than not, it's Boucher and not Baines. So if you're a Raptors fan, I think that's kind of where you need to, to focus in on in terms of what's going on with this team right now. Let me just grab some comments here from uh, YouTube. Again, if you're on Instagram and you're watching this, uh, go to the link in bio, click the link there, and you get the full scene, proper audio, you see the full set, all that fun stuff. But uh, as I go here to YouTube, Pascal needs to take that 18-foot jumper the defense always gives him. I disagree. I don't think he should settle for those long twos. I think that you know, I like the way that he's not settling for the threes as often as he was early on in the season. But I think that at this point, what he needs to do is go to the basket, right? Go to the basket, work on the, the post moves, work on, you know, the pull-up jumper in the, play, in the paint, the floater game. How about getting to the basket and finishing strong? I think that's something I'd like to see from Pascal Siakam a lot more. We're not really seeing that. Uh, another comment here from YouTube, Siakam didn't have a bad game, but I just wish he could be more aggressive in the paint. Totally agree. That's just what we were talking about. Um, another comment here, man, I wish Stanley hit that late three cause that would have been hype. Oh, Logan, what's up, man? Thanks for tuning in, Logan. Appreciate you, my dude. It's one of our day one fans here of the wrap it up podcast. Shouts to Logan. And again, we continue to take comments and questions everywhere from the Wrap It Up podcast. And people are starting to get frustrated with Aaron Baines for sure as my guy continues to shoot threes. Someone here in the chat says Serge would have would have scored a minimum three of that Baines threes. So Serge would have finished three of seven. I think that's what that person's trying to say. It's interesting. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Uh, let me round out with some more comments here. Q, I see Q here in the comments. What's up, Q? Huge shouts to you, my dude. How are you doing? Uh, let's see. I see a congrats to Kyle on being the third ever Raptor to get over 10,000 points for sure. Uh, more comments here. Having a great conversation here in the the uh, chat here. Uh, there's a conversation about will a Toronto Raptor be represented, be representing the team in the All-Star game. First off, I hope there isn't an All-Star game because that's something that is definitely not needed considering what's going on in the NBA and how many things are being uh, postponed. Don't think that's needed, but I don't know. It's going to be tough, and especially if the Raptors are not in a playoff position, I don't think someone from the team gets in unless they get voted in. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. But again... Toronto Raptors lose a tough one here, 115 to 108, Giannis Antetokounmpo finishing with 24 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists 
in this game, and he also got some help from one of his buddies, most notably Chris Middleton. I got to shout out Dante DiVincenzo one more time for that dunk he had. The dunk was just massive. Can't forget about that. But Chris Middleton also stepping up down the stretch. He chipped in with 28, 24 points, pardon me, 10 rebounds and 7 assists on the flip side for the Raps. It was all Norman Powell all the time. The new question will become, what do you do with Norm? Do you keep him in the lineup? Do you keep him in the starting lineup? Or move him back to the bench when OG's healthy? 26 points from Norm. 21 points from Kyle Lowry, but it's not enough. Again, as the Raptors fall to 7-11 and 11 on the season. Raptors will look to get back on track as their next game is against the Sacramento Kings on Friday. Hopefully, that is a game the Raptors can pull out a dub because at this point, your goal is just to get back to 500. That's all you got to try and do. Solid showing for the Raps in this game. Uh, gamblers, uh, the spread was 7.5 or 7, depending on when you got in. Giannis with that dunk at the very end that was meaningless to some, but not so much to others. I'll just say that much. But again, Raptors lose, tough one, but will they be able to bounce back? Hopefully OG is back next game because they could have used his defense and his sudden scoring in this game. Either way, thanks for tuning in to all the people, whether you were on Instagram, whether you were on Twitter, whether you were on YouTube or Facebook. Really appreciate you guys rocking with me here on the Wrap It Up podcast. And if you don't know or if your friends don't know, you know what? Spread the love. Spread the word to them that we are back here on the Wrap It Up podcast because at the end of the day, one of the things here that we got to remember is that we are here for this, the Toronto Raptors team that is trying to reload instead of rebuild. And that's a tough thing to do, but they're trying to do it. And Masai Ujiri is, has this team in a position where they can still make the playoffs. And I think most Raptors fans would still like to see that as opposed to going the other way and finishing very low in the standings. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate you. Don't forget to tune into the podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Again, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Instagram or on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you ever miss a podcast, just know you can find it on the feed. Wrap it up as a show. On Blast Podcast is the network. So search On Blast Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Tell your friends. This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. We enjoy talking about the Raptors. I love hearing from you, the Raptors fans, and how you guys are feeling. This is your show, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. So as always, I close out each and every show. I used to really pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up Podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.